0: I'm excited to introduce our speaker this evening, Philip Gennardo. He's part of Woodlands Metro, um, and he's speaking to us this evening, uh, following on in our sermon series, speaking on new creation. Philip, welcome up. Let's welcome Philip. Evening, everyone. Evening. Evening. It's really good to, uh, yeah, there's someone just waving at me. That's really kind. Uh, It's really good to be at St. Nick's. I love St. Nick's. Uh, We have always been big fans of this church. And tonight has just been a most amazing night. Is that right? But I believe that the best is yet to come. Because we've seen six stories and six lives who've been transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. But what we have the possibility for is for more of us to experience that. Now, I don't know you, I'm, I'm a visitor here. Um, I've been before, but um, I'm not a regular here. And if you are new here, if you are new watching online, and if you're not sure about church, and, and if you've got a whole bunch of questions, part of my job is to help begin to answer those and to explain why on earth the pool? Why the splashing? Why the water? Why the histrionics? Why the, uh, the joy, why the exuberance, why the, the kind of the big song and dance about this thing? Some of you, as you've been listening to the stories, you may have heard uh, different stories and different elements from different ones, and you think, actually, that's like me. I can identify with that. Maybe you've come from a Christian background, and you identify with what Oppie said, that there's a kind of a gradual realization that this needs to be more than just something that I do on a Sunday. Or maybe you identify with what Josh had to say. Maybe you know your own struggles with anxiety or depression or mental health. And when you're listening to this story, you're thinking, really? Is that possible? Is that true? Could that really be something that happens? Or is he just talking himself into something? Maybe some of you can identify with Craig, that aggressive atheist I tell you what, if you're going to be an atheist, be an aggressive atheist. I mean, do it properly. Have a bit of passion and zeal. Try to burn the whole thing down that is not, um, you know, the whole Christianity thing. But you might feel in all seriousness, actually, I don't really have faith. Maybe you're one of the kinds of people that say, well, I'm, I'm here for a friend. I've been invited. I'm watching. I'm curious. I want to be supportive. But it's not really for me. It's not really a thing. What I want to do is I want to just unveil, to peel back the curtain to what the Bible says about following Jesus. This experience of having brand new life in Jesus Christ. Because I can guarantee you that if you are a Christian, you probably don't know how good it is what you have got. But if you're someone that doesn't follow Jesus, or if you feel like you're on the outside looking in, you definitely don't understand how incredible this is. The problem with Christians is that we often underplay it. You might think that there's been lots of um, rigmarole, and jumping, and dancing, and we- waving, and exuberance. Actually, we're underplaying it, if anything. And the passage that we've got, on this subject, new creation. It's something that's a quote from a letter that was written 2,000 years ago to a bunch of people who were brand new beginner Christians in a Greek seaport called Corinth. These people were from a pagan background. They weren't religious people in the way that we would understand it. They had all kinds of uh, checkered histories and pasts, but they had found Jesus and Paul who was one of the architects of the early church. And if there was ever someone aggressively anti-Christian, it was Paul, trying to burn the whole thing down. But he found Jesus for himself. And then he wrote to them a letter. And he said, let me tell you what has happened with you. And this is what he says. This is the book of Corinthians, and it's uh, chapter 5. It says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everyone say, "in in Christ. The new creation has come. Everyone say, new creation. creation. The old has gone, the new is here. Now, if you've been around Christians for any length of time, you would have heard Christians talk about Jesus coming to live in my heart. Put your hands up if you've ever heard Christians talk about Jesus living inside my heart. Okay, good number of hands. A bunch of you have heard it, but you're saying, I'm not putting my hand up for him. I don't trust him. We talk about Jesus coming to live inside of our hearts, and that's absolutely true, it's absolutely right, it's vital, it's a a really great way of putting it. But what Paul does in this passage is that he puts it the other way around. He says, yes, it's true, Jesus comes to live inside of your life. Yes, it's true, he can take residence in your heart. Yes, it's true, you can have an intimate, personal, vital relationship with Jesus but it is more than that. It's not only that Jesus comes to live in you, but it's that you get to live in Christ. You become part of something greater and grander by far. To be a follower of Jesus is to be in Christ. That's why when we put them in the baptism pool, we're acting out something. We're actually immersing them in something. They are baptized into Jesus, is the way that the Bible puts it in different parts. You become in Christ. And when you are in Christ, new stuff happens, brand new stuff happens, something amazing. Have you ever been in something that led to a new experience that you'd never, ever had before? I'm married to um, my wife, naturally, and uh, we have been married for 28 years. I know I don't look old enough, got married when I was 10. It's a big deal. But yeah, we've been married for 28 years, and uh, we always go away somewhere nice on our anniversaries just uh, a couple years ago, we had an anniversary. It was actually eight years ago now that I come to think about it, because it was our 20th anniversary. Now, who here knows what the 20th anniversary is supposed to be in terms of paper, rock, scissors, silver, platinum, whatever it is? Who knows what 20 is? Correct, China. And uh, (laughs) China is your 20th wedding anniversary. And so my wife, Kate, and I, we said to one another, you know, we could just give each other a plate, a China plate, and that would be it. But instead, why don't we go to China? So that was our strategy, and that was our plan, 20th wedding anniversary. And we're going to go to Hong Kong, an exotic location, and doing all these great things. We get to the airport, Heathrow Airport. Terminal 5, British Airways. We walk along the gangplank, jumbo jet. And we're going into the plane. And as you get into the plane and you give your boarding pass to the cabin crew, there's a man and there's a woman. They're standing there greeting everybody and directing them uh, right down the, the plane to their seats. We give our boarding pass. The man looks at the woman. She looks at him. They read our boarding past, they look at each other, a significant look, and then they start to giggle. And they look at us with smiles on their faces. They were very, very kind, kind people. And they said, you have new seats. They said, you are not going right. You're going left. You are now in business class. I tell you what, we go for the very first time we go left. We go up the stairs. And as you get up the stairs and they open the curtain, you can hear the woman playing the harp. And then you begin to see the string quartet in the corner just by the water feature with the, the fish swimming in the little uh, feature. And it was absolutely unbelievable. You don't have a seat you have a kind of area, you get this kind of cubicle. It, it's like, it's like, actually like this, to be honest. It's, it's like this thing with a, a big seat in the middle, and then you've got your entertainment console, and then you can pull a thing, and a guy comes over, and it becomes a bed. And you walk in, and they give you champagne in a real glass, and then they give you real cutlery. Not the plastic stuff like you're five years old. They give you proper silver cutlery. They offer you all these different choices. The steward comes over. They says, welcome to business class. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Would you like to um, be paired with someone on the flight, maybe for some entertainment? We've got various people in business class. Um, I said, what do you suggest? Well, we've got Hollywood actors. We've got chart-topping pop stars. I said, I'll I'll take a couple of actors, please. And um, it was just incredible. Okay, I can see I lost you at that point. And yeah, there's a little amount of exaggeration. But it was incredible. Uncriable. It was unbelievable. It was so good. I can't even get the words to express. So good in a way that you know down to the very core of your being, the rest of your life is going to be an (laughs) anticlimax. When you're released back into cattle class with everybody else like you normally fly. But at this moment, I was in business class. And not only did I have everything good that business class offers, everything that was available in business class, from the dessert trolley to a box of chocolates to anything that I wanted off the menu to a bed to all that stuff. Not only did I have everything that was in business class, but like the man says, you have new seats. You see, there are two different forms of the word new. There's two different words actually in the Bible, two different words that are used for what we translate as new. And they communicate two different senses of meaning that the word new has. The first word is used for new, the Greek word is neos, everyone say neos. If you've heard of neo in English, neonatal, it means new, it means fresh it's new in terms of time as in the most recent like happy new year a new year is just the latest year it's just the most recent year. it's still a regular year there's nothing different about it still got 365 days still one trip around the Sun but it's the most recent it's new neonatal a new birth neoliberal neoconservative neo fascist just the same old thing that you've seen before but the latest version of it that's the word neos but that's not the word that the bible uses when he says you're a new creation no there's another word a different word a word that you might not have heard of it's not neos but it is kainos everyone say kainos neos sounds like new kainos sounds like kind because it's new not in terms of time but it's new in terms of substance And so when they put us into business class, we have new seats. They're not fresh, recent seats. They've not just been created. But for us, they're a whole brand new category of seat. We have a whole different experience in business class. It's not like being in anything that I've experienced before. It's a whole brand new thing. And when Paul's trying to tell these early believers who have come from a checkered pagan background, he says, if anybody, I mean anybody, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what you have previously done or thought or felt, doesn't matter how bad you've been or how good you've been, if anyone chooses to be in Christ, to identify with Christ, to give their lives over to Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Not just a new start, not just a new kind of beginning, but a whole brand new experience of what it means to fundamentally be human. When we talk about being a Christian, we're not just talking about some kind of little lifestyle choice. You know, it's just something that I do, which is what you get when you sometimes talk about Jesus being inside of me. It's like this personal thing. It's not like, well, some people do Christianity, some people do Pilates. It's, it's not like that. It's more a case of when you are in Christ, you have a brand new experience of life. In fact, you're part of something which is so, incredibly expansive the, the purposes of God for all of the cosmos in fact when Paul is writing this he doesn't put some of the words that we have when we translate he literally says anyone in Christ new creation mic drop you are part of this brand new creation what God wants to do is he wants to bring something unprecedented, unparalleled into being. God doesn't want to just give the existing experience a, a little makeover, a, a light sanding. God wants to fundamentally alter your experience of life. And just like in business class, I experience a new way of flying, a new way of travel, something that will look, make everything else look awful when I have to go back into the regular economy class With the deep vein thrombosis and the crying babies. This is a brand new experience that you need a whole different category for. And God is doing something brand new. It's part of his program for the world, for humanity. To put the world right, to put the world back the way that it should be. To do things that are inexplicable, to do things that are supernatural, to do things that are divine. I remember a few years ago, I was speaking. I was speaking at this um, with a church in Coventry. And as part of the work that we were doing in the church, we were going into the schools and talking to young people. Not only that, but we were going and um, being in the estates where these school children came from. Actually, I was living for this week on an estate, a fairly rough estate, um, but reaching out to kids outside of school, and then we'd seen them inside of school these two guys come up one day they knock on the door of the house that i'm staying in there's a tall one and then there's a short one the tall one has got red hair he comes in and he starts doing the talking he says hey preacher guy we heard what you said and we have given our lives to jesus i said that's wonderful that's fantastic you are in christ He says, but you've talked about a brand new way of doing life. And you've talked about a whole new experience. You've talked about living life in a way that is not just the ordinary, everyday, humdrum, boring. You've talked about God being real. You've talked about miracles being possible. I want you to pray for my friend. And he pushes the little one towards me. We sit down at the table. And I said, what's the issue? He says, he's got something wrong with his arm. Show him. And so the little one gets his arms look my my arm my wrist and he says i can't move it more than this he says yeah this is my friend and he can't move his wrist in fact look carefully and i looked and i don't know if you pay much attention to your wrist but on your wrist there's a medical thing called a kind of nodule bumpy bit of the bone and it's right here on the edge well on this guy's wrist it was in the middle of his arm he says yeah a, a uh, a couple of years ago, he was pushed down a, a, a hill and he broke his arm and it sat badly and uh, his arm is all wrong and the wrist doesn't work and, and the noddly bit is in the wrong place. And I want you to pray for him because I really care for my friend. And also, I was the one that pushed him, so I can't help but feel a little bit <laughs> responsible. So I said, okay, this is unusual. Let us pray because I believe in a God who offers us a brand new creation, a new experience of life. I know that some of you will have a hard time believing this. I have a hard time believing it. I was there. But I remember I had my thumb on the little nodule-y bit that was halfway across his wrist, and I just prayed and I just asked Jesus, Jesus, let some of your new life, your new reality, your new kingdom break in. And as I was praying, I had the distinct sensation that that thing was moving along and I opened my eyes and sure enough the the thing moved along literally underneath my thumb until it was right back in the place that it should be. you finished. Jesus name, Amen. I said, can you move your wrist? He went, yeah. It's amazing. And it was just the most incredible thing. But what happened afterwards blew it all out of the water. Because he went to his mum and dad, and his mum and dad, again aggressively atheist, not into this God stuff, were deeply suspicious of their boy being sucked in to some kind of happy clappy group think religious weirdo organisation, and so they took him to the doctors. The doctor said, "Well, that's odd," and they put him forward for an X-ray, and the X-ray came back, and they gave it to the parents. And as soon as the parents saw it, they both gave their lives to Jesus because the x-ray says this arm has never been broken this arm is new it is fresh it is unsullied it is unfractured it is completely as it should be and it was such a profound miracle that not only the parents but friends gave their lives to Jesus Now, we call that a miracle and all a miracle is, is a breaking in of God's reality, God's plan, God's loving plan to bring the world into order, to remake it the way that it's supposed to be, to reinstitute heaven on earth. And the Bible says that one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, new heaven, kainos heaven, new earth, kainos earth. Earth the way that it's supposed to be. Earth without depression. Earth without anxiety. Earth without hatred and racism, injustice, oppression, child slavery. Earth without all the the muck and the brokenness and the tragedy and the pain and the, the sadness that we have just solid ourselves with. A brand new world, a world where people don't break arms and where hearts don't get broken, where there is no more tears and no more crying and no more suffering and no more death. He says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. When I give my life to Jesus, I'm entering into a brand new experience. I'm being taken up. Kate and I, when we went to business class, it was nothing to do with us. We didn't earn that. We had a kind friend who just so happens to be a captain with British Airways. He put in a good word and we were kind of surprised, but we knew we don't deserve this. We didn't earn this. We can't afford it. We didn't pay for it. When I give my life to Jesus, there's nothing about me. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm trying really great, do my hardest, do my best, do my utmost in order to live a good life. No, it's me saying I, I've got nothing. I'm at the end of myself. I'm at my wit's end, but I'm trusting in Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is God himself come to live in human form. A God who says, I don't want to just set the world off in motion and then leave them to do their own stuff with their wars and with their uh, just disappointments. I want to enter into the world and become like them so that they can see who I am. And Jesus gives us. The perfect image of God. Jesus who is compassionate and Jesus who is gracious and Jesus who is fun and kind. Jesus who always has time for you. Jesus who is unexpected. Jesus who is without equal. Jesus who shows us what it's like to be fully human and then voluntarily gives his life to take upon himself all the worst of humanity's problems, pain and difficulty. Jesus dies in our place. Jesus pays the price for every wrong thing that you have said, every wrong thing that you have done, even every wrong thing that you have thought. Those times of shame and self-loathing that we all feel and we carry with us, Jesus says there's no need because I'm taking it on myself. I'm paying the ultimate price. I'm showing how much God loves, that God would rather die than live without you. But Jesus rises from the dead because he has an indestructible life. And now he says, if anybody comes to me, then they are in Christ. You can have an indestructible life. You can have a, an experience of a life that is now suddenly alive to God. A of new, unparalleled, unprecedented experience of humanity. It's not just an extra pursuit for holy people. This is about redefining what it means to be alive. What it means to love. What it means to be fully human. What it means to be in ultimate relationship with God. If anyone is in Christ, new creation. And I get to experience more and more and more of that new creation as I go along and the more I experience being in Christ the more he transforms me until one day I will see him and be like him because I will see him as he is. And I want to give us the opportunity of being in Christ. Some of you, when you think about your life, the idea of experiencing something new, not just a new year's resolution but a whole brand new experience of humanity. A, 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 a life that is no longer broken, but is put together as if it was never put apart. To have a new experience of how to do life and, and a new power, a new assurance, a new peace, a new experience. I know that some of you are thinking, I would desperately love to have that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. And this is a prayer for anybody who thinks, actually, yeah, I would love to invite Jesus to take ownership of my life. I want to be in Christ. I want to identify myself with Him. But it's also a prayer for anybody who feels like I've lost my way, I've drifted from God. Or maybe you identify with uh, what the guys said when they said, I was brought up in church, but I didn't really have my own personal experience. What I'm going to do is give you a very simple prayer. It's a prayer like the one that I prayed when I gave my life to Jesus. It's a prayer like the prayer that I have prayed with literally thousands of people over the years. It's a prayer with A, B, and C. A, you admit that you need God. Admit that, you have, that we've all messed up, that we've, we, we've got to the limit of ourselves. We've not lived up to our own expectations of ourselves. We, we're just being honest, we admit it. B, you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. God who came to live for you, die for you, and raise himself again to life. And then see. most important, you commit. You say, Jesus, I am willing to give you my life. I want to be in Christ. I want you to live your life in me. I'm going to give you the words of this prayer. I'm going to do it nice and slowly so that you can hear it, identify with it, internalize it, make it your own. And then I'm going to pray for you. And right now, all over this building, we're going to see people encounter Jesus In a wonderful way because tonight is not just about these six guys tonight is about you you didn't come just to observe and support you came to encounter to encounter the living risen God so we're gonna pray and we're gonna see what God does and right now God is going to come and he's going to do changes in you you're going to encounter the Spirit of God just like you've heard the story of others so let's Pray if you want to just bow your head, close your eyes. There's no pressure. If you're not into this, then that's fine. Just take a beat. But for those of you that think, yeah, I would love to pray this prayer. Maybe you've prayed it before. Maybe you've prayed it a dozen times. But you know that actually you want to be close to Jesus tonight and, and you've drifted far. Then you can pray this prayer as an act of rededication. Or maybe you've never consciously invited Jesus to take control and lordship of your life, but you say tonight, I want to know what it's like to be in Christ. I've heard so much. I want test, to test it out for myself. This is the prayer. You just pray along with me, just in the quietness of your own mind. Here's the prayer. Dear God, just pray this along with me in your head. Dear God, you know my life. You know where I've come from. You know. The mistakes that I've made. You know my challenges. You know my disappointment with myself. I know that I've not lived the kind of life that I should. But I believe that you love me. I don't understand all of this. But I'm willing to take a step of faith. I believe that you love me, that you lived for me, that you died for me, and that you rose again. I want to invite you to come and take ownership of my life. I offer myself to you. Help me, Lord God, right now, as I commit myself to following you. As I open up my heart to you, would you come and make your dwelling with me. I want to know you. I want to be in Christ. I want to be new creation. I want to have my own story. I offer myself to you now in simple faith, in the name of Jesus. Just before I pray, if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to pray for you and see. God's blessing on you. So if that's you, while people have got their eyes closed, if you just put your hand up, just as a symbol of what you've done. Brilliant. Then I'd love to pray for you. Just put your hands up high so I can see. That's great. Thank you. Fantastic. Anyone else want to join these guys? You prayed the prayer. You can pray this online at home. Okay, brilliant. You can put your hands down. Father, I pray. And I thank you so much for these individuals who've made this step, who've prayed this prayer tonight. I want to ask in the name of Jesus that you would come so close to them. I pray that you would make what they have done real. Lord, take their words at face value and bless them and fill them now with your Holy Spirit. I pray that they would know the joy of meeting with you. I pray that you would make them alive on the inside in a brand new way. Let them experience new creation in Jesus' name.